Hello, everyone. Welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. I do apologize originally for this episode. I'm going to be um, in stuck in quarantine. I am right next to the traffic, so you might hear that. Today, I'm actually going to be joined with a guy who I've been doing audio video work with through PSAV, and he's incredible. Uh, this guy is really good. We wanted to talk about Hollywood audio video work in there and really about the faith of it. This guy's name is uh, Josh Mason. So. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and invite him onto the show, and we're going to go ahead and talk about this because I think it's something very relevant today. Josh, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Nick? I am doing fantastic. I am in quarantine, but we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, it's been a while, man, because we worked over at PSAV. You've been freelancing and whatnot, and we wanted yep. to talk about the Hollywood situation because we see a lot of times in hollywood how you know i really feel and i think we had a good connection on this when we were talking about it about how hollywood is really walking away from christ and doing a lot of bad things on there but at the same time we, we talked a little bit about how christian movies really in essence suck they're not yeah, really they great so right. what are your thoughts about this so with hollywood i i'd say yeah they they're definitely not motivated by any specific faith. I think their faith really comes in the American dollar in many ways, or even, you know, wherever they're, they're marketing their, their films. Uh, when it comes to, to faith in Hollywood, you know, you'll see a few people here and there who might speak up and advocate for their faith, uh, in that environment. But for the most part, I, I really do think that like producers and like the head, uh, people in and around, uh, the industry are, are really just for the American dollar. They see uh, movies like Passion of the Christ or you know other other faith-based films that are making a killing right now on a on a literally like a million-dollar budget, which is very very low, substantially compared to the, some some of the movies that get pumped out, and uh, and they see the money that's returned, which is like fifteen point five million back. You know that's that's a huge gain for right. the industry, and so. And so they they look at those those uh, they look at those numbers, and you know there's there's a guy that says hey there's a there's an, an audience for this, you know maybe if I can if I can uh, facilitate a sort of story in and around faith, then maybe I'll I'll make a killing at it, and see what happens is you get movies like you know Gods of Egypt or Noah that came out um, late, uh, later on in the earlier on in the decade, and you know, they didn't do well because people of faith are motivated by stories about faith specifically. So if like there's a uh, if there's a different take on that, mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people get turned off to those films. They're, they're not as interested as as Hollywood producers would would think. And I agree with you on that. When I saw when I saw like, say, Noah, when it came out. I remember watching it, and it was by an atheist director, and they came out, and they were like, oh, we're going to make these plagues seem like they're just natural occurrences and not really supernatural, and these people couldn't understand it. Therefore, it was supernatural. Basically, they were paying the God of the Gaps theory, which is, you know, I can't explain something, you know, like thunder happens, lightning and thunder, and I can't explain it. Therefore, it must be God. Or I can't explain this phenomenon, therefore it must be God. And it's not till later on that we discover, oh, it was a natural phenomenon, it had nothing to do with something supernatural. And I think in the area of faith-based films, what people are looking for is not the idea of saying, well, you know, we're just going to, 
yeah, like, oh, it's just a natural occurrence, the God of the Gaps, and Hollywood's trying to tell us that all we do is believe in this God of the Gaps. But narrative saying, what is the biblical truth behind this? And so I think you have a good point on to that. I, and so I think what they're trying to do is just try to cash in versus actually telling a story. Like, what do are the biblical right. stories? What is actually being said? And I think the only TV series I've ever been aware of is the Bible series. Yeah. But yeah, I saw Absolutely. I saw the I saw Noah, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" At the end of it, it was like God's commanding Noah to kill um, Emma Watson's, you know, her she was in it, her character's child, and Noah decides to go against God and do the right thing. I'm like, that never. And then on top of that, when you have people of faith, they're looking, and going, "That never happened." You're right. now you're taking a biblical story and misconstruing it and changing the narrative of the story, and that's a major turnoff for a lot of audiences because. You know, we're expecting to go see Noah and expecting to see something great in their story, something that has meaning to them. And now you're twisting it to say God's an evil tyrant. Even the, even the angels that fell, the Nephilim that were described in the Old Testament towards Noah's time, were only, you know, they were described as these horrible things. And even God said they're not meant to exist. They're not very good. These aren't good creatures. And they were meant to be, and then Noah made it look like, oh, we were here to protect the human race and God didn't want us to and he's evil. Again, you're inventing a story that isn't there in order to accomplish a narrative saying that God's evil so it can satisfy your own thrive to make God evil so it justifies who what you want to do, which is love sure. money, love all only love the money that you're making versus being truthful to the storytelling. Right. So it's like Hollywood is like sitting there secretly holding hands with the church, courting it in a way to to earn to earn an extra buck and then you see a lot of the christian movies out there from well i'm not going to name names but they're they're essentially b movies they're alternative movies for christians right and you see films like that and it's like their heart is in the right place but their storytelling ability is even worse like sure they, they like hollywood's making movies that rail literally right against scripture trying to get a like a, an audience that's based on faith in many ways but um, I was going somewhere with that. Hold on. <laughs> no um, worries. So, so they're at least that's what I was going to say. At least they're trying to make stories that are good. You know, like mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Hollywood films that don't hit it on the head, but still have good storytelling. Um, and there are some great faith-based films out there. You just have to dig a little deeper. Uh, this isn't necessarily a film, but it's an animated feature. Uh, the Prince of Egypt was a perfect example. Oh, it, I love The Prince of Egypt. That's one of my favorites. Right. I mean... Right. And it, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, go no. Ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So uh, that, like, that's like a perfect example. It's like they even stated in the very beginning of the film, which I think helped their audience a little more. Um, these are based on biblical events. They're not necessarily, you know, pertaining, you know, they're not historically accurate to the Bible or something like that is what they said. And then they gave us a genuine story that actually made me tear up quite a bit when I saw it. Well, that's, and, and I think, know, and I think it, you're absolutely right. It hits the underlying focus. Like the Prince of Egypt, I watched it when I was younger, I watched it when I was older. And yeah, not everything is exactly as, as Aaron's on the story. It's not exactly to the exact thing of the Torah, but at the same time, yeah. it's, the, the spirit of the film, of having faith, put your faith in Christ, uh, the God's going to save you and liberate you, have faith in these difficult times and whatnot, and the miracles God's performing is definitely in the story. And I and I agree with you. I, yeah. I really appreciate that factor. Yeah. And, and something that 
and, and so you have movies like that. You have, like, if you wanted to dig even deeper, if you go back to um, the era of, like, 1950s, 1960s Hollywood, they had biblical epics like Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments. Um, I think they had a few more. And, oh, good. I'm in my car right now trying to, to speak on the phone, so I have silence, and there was an ambulance that came by. I was afraid it was going to start blaring its horns. Um, no, it's fine. You're all good. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, but anyway, so so we have all of these movies that we can dig and actually find that are faith based. But then then we again we go back to the to the B movies, like the Christian B movies. They they even have they're trying to create that underlying current of hey look this is how it can pertain to your faith. And then I see them and I look at the scenes and I can't help but laugh. Like I saw Samson in theaters or not in theaters. I saw it on Netflix. And I had to, I had to literally step away from it because of, you know, from coming from a background of a person who studies film, went to school for it, and is actively seeking it uh, as a career path. I, I see that movie, and I just like, I got to put this down so I can recompose myself because I'm getting frustrated watching it. Yeah. And well, so I, I look at that, I'm like, how do we combine the two? You know. I think what needs to be done is something like I remember watching Chronicles of Narnia. That Disney produced and I know that they took a lot of the biblical themes kind of out of there because Disney doesn't like to really side with one particular area of religion or faith and I understand right. that as well but at the same time it's like there are certain companies out like right now and, and I'll list only one of them Pureflix and I'm not here to bash on Pureflix they're trying the best they can out of it but I feel that say um like we were talking about earlier um one of it is where these pure these movies are more about preaching versus the storytelling. And I think something like a Lord right. of the Rings or Harry Potter or Star Wars story is where we need to go in motion pictures to tell this particular pertains to the story. It's like we don't necessarily have to show everything that's happening in the Bible and show it perfectly out, you know, whatnot. But having something that is like a Lord of the Rings that pertains to something of that nature and the storytelling and change of the character somewhat, kind of like how, like I, said, I always go to Narnia because C.S. Lewis did a phenomenal job on this where it was, you know, you had characters like Aslan who showed up, who is obviously the Lion of God, who, and then you have Satan who is the witch and her power is controlling over everything. And then as his power, as he comes in, her power diminishes the betrayal. You see how you see the final battle. You see this immense storytelling where, you know, at the very end, Aslan goes, I'm in your world, you know, because you're in my world. That's where Aslan is in Narnia. But in my, in your world, I go by a different name. But at the same time, with the, the C.S. Lewis writings, which I feel that they should do more screenplays for, really pertain sure. more to the Christian faith and more to a phenomenal story that I feel that needs to be done. Instead of like, oh, we have a preacher standing up and, and you know, there's a good things with preacher standing up and giving, you know, and telling sermons and movies. But there's a point where you're like, I don't need to get preached at. Tell the story like Star Wars does or like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit does and really right. speak out to that underlying current of saying, there is a God. We have faith in it. Have characters like the mentor, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, the great mentor, or Yoda that goes deep into something like talking about the Force. Have something, a character like that who describes yeah. the Holy Spirit, describes God, describes and have God. God has multiple names. You can call him Yahweh in a, in a movie. You can call him any of these things in the movie because that's his name. And then have the hero's journey 
where you are like Luke Skywalker or you're like Bilbo Baggins or you're like Frodo going through these challenges, but have it where it's, you know, I'm really just talking about the connection of the hero's journey and then connect it to our faith in Christ and about why these struggles of humanity and how they connect to the biblical teachings and draw people in. I know I'm just (laughs) talking about these, but this is kind of, I'm like, I'm on the same note with you, uh, with you, Mason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a crazy concept too because um i know a lot of faith-based films like you were saying they do talk about preaching like it's it feels like they're preaching at you and i think that's where the story gets lost um a lot of hollywood films because they're not directly based on faith i think we can we can look at them and take you know a perspective of faith on that film mm-hmm. uh there's a great author that i've i've read books by he wrote uh, wild at heart and he wrote uh, he wrote the um, the he wrote a few others. I know another one is um, I know another one, but anyway, his name is John Eldridge. He um, he talks about these these films he's seen and has related them to the heart of a man, but also how God relates the heart of a man in in life. So he talks about Braveheart. He talks about Lord of the Rings. He talks about the last of the Mohicans. He talks about all these different movies that are notably secular movies. Mm -hmm. Like they, they just are, but how he, how he articulates his perspective of faith and, and, um, correlates it with, with the film. It's just, you know, maybe at some point that's what Christians, uh, or people of faith should start doing with film until more of these faith-based films would come around. I mean, clearly some, I know a lot of people have, have issues with content too. Like some, I know a lot of Christians don't want to watch rated R films. Uh, and that's okay. There's plenty of good PG 13 or PG films you could watch that are, that you could take that perspective on too. But, but yeah, like I, I agree. Like, can you imagine making a story that's, you know, that has the hero's journey in there that has, uh, subplots and other things that that help actually help a person in their faith rather than just being something for pure entertainment as well right well and that's that's and that's one of the things i wanted to also go on because my brain just kind of shifted gears a little bit here when we're talking about hollywood and we're talking about the motion picture industry we're talking about these faith-based films i think the reason that more people like for me i can only really speak for myself Whenever I, I like to watch a couple rated R films, but I like to watch like martial arts films. I like to watch shoot em, you know, action films, stuff like that. But the one thing that just gets me really kind of just aggravated, well, more aggravated than not, is the fact that Hollywood loves to go more into sex scenes. They like to have more nudity. They like to have all these different things. I'm going, you're, you, when I've seen like when Lord of the Rings came out or when Star Wars is there, and they don't require nudity, swearing, sex scenes, nothing of this nature. And they can convey a truly wonderful story. And then, I don't know, it just feels like Hollywood's losing a part of their soul. Like, they used to be really good at making motion pictures. And a lot, of, and there are still good films coming out. But it seems to be more like this culture is more about, oh, we got to fight against society. we got to beat this thing around. I'm going, and then we start seeing our culture... Because Hollywood's trying to reflect our culture, but they can't do it very well because they're in the bubble. But it's sure. more, it's more like I don't know. Like Hollywood needs to get more of a grasp. And I think falling more into faith because I see so many of them leaving. A lot of them go and join different cults and different other religions. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it just seems like 
you know, something, I don't know. Do you get where I'm coming from? Well, yeah. There's been a huge turn in, in TV, especially with film in filmmaking and i think they do it in films a lot too they've well they've done it for years in films um but if we're talking about like you know the creation of a lot more uh gay characters and homosexual characters uh without reflecting the lifestyle something that our culture has been shifting to since um i don't want to get political about it but it it does relate to it uh art and politics can't keep their hands off each other like two two people that shouldn't get along but do and all they do is make out oh yeah <laughs> so i totally agree with that's, you that is totally art and politics but the the gay community has had a lot of representation in film and some of those films have been done very well and some of them have been done very poorly so without advocating or not advocating a lifestyle um it's it's also about the introduction of characters in good storytelling like, I, I actually posted something about it on Facebook the other day. I said mm-hmm. uh, I said that if you're going to introduce a character like that into the story, by, by showing that person uh, as, as, as that's their creed, they are, they are a, a gay character, you don't throw them into the arms of their lover and have them start making out with them just so you can show that they're gay. It's I, like, I think you got a good point. Yeah, and that's gro- that's grotesque. Like you don't do that with heterosexual people either, because that's just not good storytelling. And I, I gave an example of that with one character, um, but then I gave a good example of how we actually felt for another character that was in fact gay and or bisexual in this case. And her name was Robin, and it's on a, mo- a TV series called Stranger Things. We don't find out till that she's, you know, bisexual or gay or whatever until like the second to last episode because they've been building her character. We see that she's she's funny, she's smart, she helps out the groups that she's with quite a bit mm-hmm. in the story, and she solves a lot of her own problems. And she has a sarcastic nature, but we care about this person. We legitimately care about this person. She also happens to be gay. Right, but it was just a part of her character. It had nothing to do with trying to throw it in the mainstream audience's face. I think that's that's something that a lot of young filmmakers do too, because they're trying to kind of shake things around uh, and get a grasp on where they stand in their industry. You know, you make a really good point, and I've seen a lot of times in film where they do that. But one that got got me and my wife is we were watching a we were watching a TV series and whatnot and they go and you'll have it exactly as you said you know they'll have their their gay couple like a lesbian couple like jump in start making out and kissing like i miss you so much you're like there's there is a point i think what these filmmakers are doing and i think um, i think Josh made a really good point here is that they'll i feel like they're trying to force it down someone's throat versus focusing on the storytelling I mean, you can go through yeah. the entire, like, you can go through a Lord of the Rings story and you never find out what the sexual preference of any of those characters are. They could be straight, right. they could be gay, they could be whatever they are. It doesn't matter. What mattered is the storytelling, what the character delivers, what emotional support or on destruction, are they protagonist, antagonist? And really, that's what the main focus is. And so when I look at Hollywood now and I see and I see exactly what you're talking about, Josh, where it's they come in and they're like, this person's gay, this person's bi, this one's uh, transgender. It, I'm looking going, why, why does it even matter? Like, I'm not against anyone. I, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm going to love him as a Christian no matter what. But 
I'm looking going, is it really a necessity? Are you just doing it for a political narrative to jab it down people's throats? You can, And then that's where you can look at the whole TV series or the whole movie right. series and go, you know, we could watch this whole series, never know anyone's sexual identity or um, whatever it is, however they identify, and it would never phase us in the slightest because it's an incredibly amazing story. So I agree with you that when art and politics are starting, like they're sleeping in the same bed practically, they're trying, they're you know kissing up to each other. I'm going, you don't need it in good storytelling. A good storytelling never needs to show that. Again, right. examples being like Harry Potter. You can watch Lord of the Rings. You can watch The Hobbit. You can watch Star Wars. And you, I mean, apart from like Han and Leia kissing, Orlando Calrissian acting the way how smoochy he is. You would, or you never know about Luke. You never know about any of the other characters, and that's okay, because it's a great right. story, and the characters are driving, and you're connected emotionally to them. Right, and so, and so, yeah, we're running into these uh, a lot more of these like civil rights sort of uh, behaviors in films, like more more or less taking on the role uh, to to basically either ram it down the throats of people who are watching and are interested in the show or to cater to a specific audience. Mm -hmm. A lot of films have been, a lot of films do that. Um, but what I was going to say about that is, uh, you know, the, the bigger the audience, the better it's going to do. So I think it's kind of an example of where our culture is headed. A lot of it, unfortunately, and film is a reflection of that. Um, and it's a powerful tool. In the right hands, it can be used effectively. Uh, Taxi Driver by Martin Scorsese. Not Taxi Driver. Uh, yeah, Taxi Driver. Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. Uh, Scorsese directed it. De Niro played this lonely uh, taxi driver in New York City dealing with isolation. And uh, just he, he, he starts to lose his mind. He wants to become a vigilante and clean up the filth that he sees in the streets there. But what that movie ended up doing is, is halfway through the film, he shaves his head into, into his hair becomes a mohawk. He wears like a, a sort of uh, jacket that he wore in Vietnam because he was a veteran. And he was essentially going to assassinate a political figure. And in turn, that movie in real life, apparently historically, um, became an influence for someone to assassinate a political figure. I can't hmm. remember if it actually happened, but the attempt was made on his life. So, so film is a, is a major component in where the culture shifts. So I'm looking at these, I'm looking at films. I'm like, okay, a modern day Christian film that I thoroughly enjoyed is actually a type of documentary genre series where it does a documentary setting, interviewing people, giving uh, clear points about, their situation before they found Christ. And then they also have a story narrative that has literally no talking except for the narration of the people sitting in the interview. Huh. And it's called the heart of man. It was made in 2018. And when I watched it, it was, it had a lot to do with, with, uh, you know, sexual lust, but it also had a lot to do with rebellion in, in people's lives and how they had to find Christ um, through their pain, basically. They were like prodigal sons. That was the whole premise of the story because the narrative shows a guy uh, going to an island and basically following his his desires 
getting trapped there and then his father in the movie in the in the narrative comes to save him who is the god figure and the symbolic of of father god and so i'm like that is the coolest movie i have seen for christians and it came out recently probably the best one i've seen recently um in recent years and it's not made by pure flicks it's not made by any variety of other you know faith-based production uh companies i believe it was legitimately just independent and it had a few people who um i know their production was fairly was fairly good but they did it on a shoestring budget and they executed a point very well and it actually affected me and my family i'm not going to get into the family side of it but for me it affected me quite a bit i'm like this is a very a very good topic for christians to understand because something that it hits again is is sex and in our culture in the church i know that sex has been something that has been hard for christians to talk about yeah i've had that a lot to their to their family and and this is a faith-based film that totally hits that on the head and says look this is what happened when i struggled with it and so I thought that was just a really cool film and something I, I've come to the conclusion of for, for filmmaking purposes is that if someone's going to make a film, it can't just be strictly artistic and it can't just be strictly a good story. It also has to be entertaining because if it's more of like an art house piece with all these artistic shots, uh, black and white or what have you, it also has to have a story that captivates the audience and keeps them interested in it. Right. So, so to so how does one do that with a faith faith based film? That's something that's that's adding another component that makes it even harder. But it is absolutely possible, and um, I think that we honestly we need to be praying for people in Hollywood or people in the uh, film industry in mm-hmm. general, and uh, and you know get the right people around hopefully you know pray for the right people to come around to start making movies like that and start shifting the culture back into a place where film gives a positive light to the church to faith-based living to a lifestyle that is not counterculture because that's kind of what they're trying to build towards yeah Uh, i was going to ask about that is we see you know i I worked around hollywood too i worked out when i was working living down in socal And I see there are Christian actors who come out and talk about it and say that Hollywood is very, as you said, secular, very, oh my gosh, you know, they have a narrative to drive. And so a lot of Harvey Weinstein's out there. Oh yeah. So how would you, how would we go about changing Hollywood in that essence? I mean, how, what do you think would probably be the best solution? Because as you say, and I totally agree with you, media has a very strong, profound effect on the world around us, on our society. Oh yeah, and it's it's hard too. So I'll, I'll give a little bit of a, a backstory before I get into that. Um, well, an example. Basically, you know, a lot of productions um, start with the people that that trust each other. They're a team, and then they get funding, and then they make the film. Um, that's just one way that people do it. Another way is they have a screenwriter who is uh, basically for hire. He creates a story and then he sells it to the right people who pay him like what five, six figures, something like that. Wow. That's usually how that's usually how a film is 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 conceived and then made with uh, you know the big studios like Paramount or uh, 20th Century Fox, you know MGM, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, all those guys. 
uh, they start with a script. They have an idea for a story they want to make because they know it's getting commercial acclaim. And they sit around a table trying to figure out how to make that story. Well, and just the other day, like if you look at the people working in Hollywood or the people who are in the film industry, if you look at those people and you talk to them, a lot of them are actually, you know, very mixed. They don't necessarily have you know, they don't necessarily have any political leaning towards right or left, though they may have strong opinions based on what they've experienced. And from what I've seen, that's fairly accurate. Um, I was working on a, this month, I, I wasn't in the AV industry and everything kind of collapsed anyway because of the COVID-19 virus and everything going around with that. But this month, I was fortunate enough to work with a few people in a production just to to uh, be in the film industry and I was, I was it was refreshing because the people I'm working with are both Christians they've they and I have had good conversations and our client our client isn't so heavily involved in their faith as as, as the three of us are mm-hmm. and we find it very easy to start communicating and relating you know I'm a relator by nature so I find it I'll leave it to myself I find it very easy when I'm around other people to start acting and reacting the way they do so if people are cussing and carrying on, I tend to start cussing and carrying on because that's kind of the industry I'm in. I'm just like, you know, how much of Christ am I showing when I do that? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard that's a hard thing to do in the film industry. So I think a lot of it, to answer your question, how does one come up with a Christian film like that? I think the hardest thing that's going to have to happen is taking the time, taking the years that a person is in the industry and that person, whoever they are, would have to observe and come up with the relationships they've collaborate with the people they've collaborated with, find those people again, and then work with them directly so that your whole crew is accountable to itself and running off of their own faith in that regard. They're going to basically, what I'm saying is that if they're going to have any hope of making a Christian film outside of maybe the producer or uh, executive producer who can throw money at a screenplay if you write one is having a basically a faith-based production crew that's willing to work with with that person for the common good of of that screenplay whatever it might be right i think that's a really good point actually i think um yeah i was while you were talking i was listening to what you're saying on that and i think you have a very good point I, I look at Hollywood a lot, and I think when I, when I was over there, a lot of them live in the little bubble. And I, I also think that it may be that Hollywood is very, especially when you watch the Oscars, because a lot of people, it's just watching, like, if you watch the Oscars at the Tony Awards, it's about self, what is it, like, self-appraise. And look at this, I won this award, and I'm, I'm the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, I, I remember when I was over in Hollywood one time, picking up a tv uh that my company had sent me out to go pick up and we're just sitting there like me and my, one of my co-workers sitting in the cafe just waiting for this uh shop to open up so we can go and get it and i'm just sitting in there i'm enjoying a small coffee and this guy parks his car outside it's a nice car too i think it was a lambo lamborghini out there and he walks in wearing like this really nice suit and and He's all cussing up a storm and whatnot, and he's on his phone, like, talking. And you could tell this by the way his, his mannerisms were. He was, like, some sort of producer of some sort. You could tell the way yeah. everyone was talking. I even got later confirmed that he was a producer 
at MGM. I'm not even sure which one, but you know which person he what he was. But that was confirmed later on. But he comes in and literally we had, there was a line of ten other people, and he cut right in front of them like they weren't even there. And the huh. coffee server hands him coffee like, "There you go, sir. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh!" Like that, just like treating him like they're God. And then I'm th- I'm in the car. In the van after pick, sorry in the van after picking up the TV, and I'm talking to the guy I work with, and he's a Christian as, as much as I am, and I go, well now I can see why Hollywood people like producers and whatnot may not be interested in these faith-based films because if you go into a Christian faith, it's about humility and loving and compassion, and what I really got the vibe off of when I was there, when next to this guy, and I'm, I'm not trying to use the straw man argument here, but really what I also get by watching the Tony Awards, by watching the Oscars, by the Golden Globes are these people really all have the same kind of, you know, like mindset, the same kind of characteristics where it's about me, self-praise, self-love. And so maybe the idea of what Christ brings in is really just an attack against him because now Christ is saying, no, it's not all about you. It's about loving your neighbor. It's about me. It's about humbling yourself. And it's very counterproductive, you know, counter, well, I shouldn't say counterproductive, counterintuitive to what Hollywood really is getting used to. I mean, you go out there, it's like gated communities. Tom um, Cruise's house has gates around there. They have all these, all these celebrities have high hedges. And I understand keeping the paparazzi way. I understand about all that, but it's, but they live in essence in a bubble. They can't relate to people like you and me or other Christians in churches or any of that. And so I look and go, and then, you know, I'm not going to dive into this because I've been told about not, say anything but a lot of people get into like scientology or other cults and so i don't want to talk about that here because you know i've been warned about you know how they do tons of lawsuits so i'm not going to say they're good right. or bad just whatever they're there but yeah you have they, they get into this and then they start seeing the reflection you know because um jesus did teach in the bible that a good a good fruit tree cannot produce bad fruit but a bad tree fruit tree cannot produce good fruit and so what we're seeing is this tree, which is Hollywood, the producers, the directors, the actors, the screenwriters, the fruits of their production that they're producing in these motion pictures is reflecting that moral evil, I would say. It, you know, where they having where they can't connect to anyone. They're trying to solve the world, but they don't have the right things. And then when Christ yeah. comes in and says, hey, guys, let's do, let's do a Christian film, they can't even relate to that. Right, because when they try, and they try to make a Christian film, again, they're more motivated by money than anything. Exactly. And and if they even try to bring faith-based people in to get an idea for what they're doing, it just it doesn't work. And then when you do have the Christian who's there, and you do have that, that person who's, who's successful and does a good job, you know, it's noticeable. Right. It's, it's the good tree producing good fruit, like Jeremiah 29 or Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, it says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who make him their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted by a riverbank that produce good fruit. You know, they, they never stop producing, even in trials and stuff. And so I'd still say to this day, one of my favorite films is Inside Out. It's a Pixar film. By oh, Disney. I know that one, yeah. But, yeah, but the director who directed that film, I'm pretty sure he either did direct or had a part in the movie Up. Uh, maybe a few of the Toy Stories, whatever else is doing. His name's Pete Doctor, and he's actually a faith-based director in Hollywood. And almost anything that I can that I remember seeing of his work has been some kind of of, of work in 
in in Disney that has actually touched me and been some of my favorite work by him. Oh, absolutely. Like by, by Disney. And it's like you can see that in their work. I mean, I'm not going to – I don't want to, you know, produce a spoiler or anything, but in Inside Out, the first thing spoiler alert. that we see – What? I said spoiler alert. Spoil, yeah, spoiler alert. There you go. In, in, in Inside Out, the first thing we see is this yellow blur come into existence and it's like looking at a TV screen that looks like goggles or something. And it's 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 a baby being born. But the first emotion she experiences is this yellow blur that comes in. And her name is Joy. Ah. It's like that, that's a heavy metaphor right there. That's like a very powerful metaphor. The first emotion a newborn infant experiences is Joy. Like, wow. Take that you know, pro-choice, <laughs> basically, basically. Oh, I know. You know I mean? And it's just like, you see, you see works like that. It's like, it almost feels like Christians should be more involved in Hollywood because they can touch on, on the human condition in a way that provides hope in a world that needs it. Absolutely. And I think that's a very big thing. What I look at is, when I was watching a lot of different Pureflix films with my wife, and I really appreciate what Pureflix is trying to do and whatnot, and they're trying to make good movies and whatnot. What I noticed was there's a lot of Hollywood celebrities who want to be involved in Pureflix. And I think that that um, faith-based films make far more attention, far more money with the general audience versus what what say like Hollywood produces. I mean, Hollywood can produce really good movies and they can produce really good amount of money, but it's mostly like say Avengers or they're talking about DC comics or they're talking about some sort of superhero that was invented by some comic book strip and they would go off and they do that. When it comes down to like, say the emotional side, like you're talking about the Christian directors. I love how you said that, that really bring that emotional part in. And I think that if, Christian filmmakers focused like what you're describing here onto a major film like let's say like making another type of Lord of the Rings or another type of a Star Wars type of film it would be like beyond anything we could possibly like possibly foresee it'd probably be one of the biggest things ever hit the market ever it sure would I mean if you can imagine someone like C.S. Lewis using the medium in their time you know, like in his oh, time, goodness. the medium for telling <laughs> stories was book writing and, you know, you, you know, writing stories in like physically writing it on pen and paper and then publishing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he had. But can you imagine if someone who had the creativity and the intelligence of C.S. Lewis or, you know, just name, name, a, name a Christian author, anyone that you like, um, if you could see those guys using film as a medium, I mean, that that could change a lot. That could do a lot for people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would bring hope because I know they're, I know that they, they talk all the time in Hollywood about, you know, you see the motion pictures, you see the awards and they go, we want to change the world for a better place. We want to change the world for a better place. And I'm going, well, the problem is here is you guys are trying to advocate the human heart, but you can't advocate on the human heart. You don't know how it is. I mean, it's kind of like um, I was watching a Pure Flix film, uh, Fireproof, and I really appreciate it. Have you I seen remember that? that one. Yeah. Well, I think Kirk Cameron's uh, father's fa- – the character who plays his dad in the film makes a really good point. He goes, you can't give your wife love 
because you don't have it. You don't know what it is. And so I kind of go, well, this needs to be done in Hollywood, too, where it needs to be told you want to change the world, but you don't know how to because you have no idea who actually is in control. You have no idea how to do it because you haven't been given it yourself. You can't give somebody something you don't have. And so, like, when you watch the Toy Story or when you watch uh, – uh, inside Out, and you're watching these fil Christian filmmakers who are not as worried about preaching and more about sharing the emotion, sharing the story that brings us to that um, to, to that human side of us that the gospel shows and the Bible shows. It's anyway. I think I'm running and losing track on what I was going to say on that one. <laughs> no, you're good. I get it. It. it... It provides a better a better um, outlet for the audience to receive uh, what the story is saying. Exactly, exactly, and I think it connects far more of a deeper connection and allows us to help better ourselves. Because if it helps better ourselves, and we can take that, share that with somebody else to better them, that then, then they can share it around and it builds up. But that's at the same time, that's what the Bible and what Christ teaches us. You first have to be saved yourself before you can help others out. So, yeah, it's yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think when it comes down, I think the one thing I want to talk about and we'll finish this up in a little bit is that I think the biggest one I would say with Christian films, and I mean this as in a nice way of saying, because I know they're all listening and whatnot, is for Christian filmmaking, let's stop doing so much preaching. I think if we went back to something like the Prince of Egypt like um and do something of that nature and then make it like a lord of the rings where it's going to be a harrowing story live action where it's doing something of that nature but at the same time you're communicating that gospel message through it but they don't really have to preach they show it in their actions their character shows it and you know you could show who the villain is you could show who or the you know the protagonist the antagonist the comical relief person that's in there cracking a joke too there's nothing wrong with that but instead of necessarily you can have them talking about the gospel message but one of the most powerful things i've ever seen in film is the actions of showing it like watching what love is in lord of the rings i remember watching sam weinskin you know and this is kind of like <laughs> me being a lord of the rings fan but when he's on mount um mount doom or whatever and he's and he's carrying him. And he goes, I can't carry this burden for you, Frodo. I can't carry the ring for you. I can't carry your I, troubles. I can carry yeah. you and help you get to the end goal. That was a very powerful... That, one, to me, was amazingly powerful. We can't... Like, for us as humans, we can't... I can't take you know someone else's problems away from them. I can't solve their problems for them. But what I can do is help them carry through... Help them carry through... Help carry them through the problems being a friend yeah. walking with them you know opening doors like getting food or just being there to listen and i think that's something that the gospel proclaims and that the good news and the and the bible teaches and then ultimately sharing them the gospel message of hope and peace and love and recognizing yeah. them out there but i think it's a really good point you made earlier as well i know i'm just kind of going on a rant here but the mere idea of showing like like when we do f Christian films, I think one of the last things that we'll talk about here is we need to stop being so concerned with a like, sex or drugs or attraction or sin or whatever these things are addictions. And we need to stop acting like, you know, cause there are churches that are like, you know, they'll talk about, you know, sex is almost taboo. And they're like, we can't talk yeah. about that. I'm going, okay, well you have youngsters having premarital sex continuously. One, they're not taught why it's wrong because no one's going to talk about sex to them. They're taught you're supposed to have it between man and woman when you're married. 
It's like, yeah, but what about, you know, I have these feelings and I'm going through, and, and the church shuts up and won't talk about it hardly. And they're so like, oh my gosh, what if I say? I'm like, sex is a gift from God. Sex is something yeah. all of us encounter. Addiction or sin or cravings are all what people encounter. We need to be able to openly talk about these things. And if we have films that, as you were talking about, where that guy goes off to the island and really talk about, yes, these things are real. Yes, is what it is. One, this is how we handle it. But second, mo and I think the one of the most important stories is God loves you. Because when people are in those situations, they don't feel like God loves them. They feel like they're... You know, like they're not worth it. That they're they're close. They're like, how am I ever going to be forgiven? And to be reminded in in filmmaking, which is very powerful, God loves you no matter what. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. that was my <laughs> thing towards that. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think that on the on the flip side, going into Christian films, where <clears throat> where Hollywood kind of misses the mark, uh, Christian filmmakers miss the mark here. And, and well, I'll just say the name because they're who I've been thinking of, but Pure Flicks and, and production companies like them, they're trying to get better. Uh, a Case for Christ was a movie they made, and it actually didn't do so bad. For Chris, for Christian movie standards, it actually did well. Yeah, I agree. Um, it got about out of out of 100% and, and movie percentages, like as far as like what's good and what's bad by professional critics. It's a little different than getting a grade in school. Like, a 70% in school is like a C minus. It's like you basically didn't pass, but they passed you in, in filmmaking. If it's like a 70% or higher from like professional critics, like uh, as a collaboration of professional critics, then that's actually not a bad film. Like it might be worth your time to go see uh, a case for Christ did about 60, 55 to 60%, which is okay. higher than the percentage that most professional critics give Christian films. Samson made about 10% out of a hundred that's how bad that film was rated by professional critics and it's not because it was faith-based see the problem i think that a lot of christian films have is that they are so concerned about preaching that they miss the point that we need authentic struggle what you said with with the lord of the rings was actually very profound in many ways he said he said frodo i can't carry the ring but i can carry you come on and then he puts him on his shoulder and they go to mount doom together and then Smeagol shows up, and or Gollum shows up, bites his finger off, and then he's stuck with his with his troubles. And then they eventually get rid of the ring, and they eventually save the world. But that was a natural struggle for the story they were in, and Christian films tend to steer away from that to prove a point rather than actually showing a human being and their suffering and how they get out of it. Exactly. Not. I, I think that's, that's perfectly said. Yeah, and that's where Jesus is in many ways. I mean, his suffering, he never got married. He never had, you know, a romantic relationship with a woman because that was never his goal. That's why we never show that in a Hollywood film. It's because that's not what his goal was. His goal was to bear the weight of sin, take it to a cross as an eternal sacrifice for all of humankind, and... You know that's that's a real human struggle, and you can, in his case, that's a human struggle. Oh and yeah. If someone can show that right, aka the passion of the Christ, then it's going to make a killing. I mean, I think if I'm, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong because I haven't seen it in a while. But if I'm not mistaken, they made that film on about fifteen million dollars and grossed sixty point five million back, and that's why Hollywood was trying to court 
faith in a way because they see those numbers and they think let's emulate that swinging it back to the beginning of our conversation and so they're both kind of missing the mark and it has to be in some ways eradicated and and the only way it's going to change is people who are educated in film that are faith-based that can say something yeah no i i totally agree i look at it and i've seen so many times where you know, yeah, it's it's Christian films don't always hit that home marker, and they lightly touch on it, but they're like, we need to focus on Jesus, only focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus. I'm like, yeah, but also when you focus on Jesus, read in the Garden of Gethsemane where he says, Father, you know, he's sweating blood out, and he's just he's going through such turmoil. He's going, Father, yeah. if it is your will, please take this cup from me. And then it's like, no one's really vote, and they kind of they kind of touch on it, but they don't really go in depth. And I think being able to convey that into a story of saying he was struggling we're all human beings we're all going through the struggle and this is how christ saves us this is how we love our neighbors this is how this holy spirit goes through and does these things and make characters that are premised off of this and make even supernatural forces in like star wars you talk about you know people having our time they go the force has guided me here, which means the force is giving you purpose and uh, direction and guides yeah. you in a weird spiritual way. You have the same thing in any kind of film. And you see Star Wars, the same struggles, same Joseph Campbell here with a thousand faces happening. But you see a force entity that's guiding this and also it's a smash hit that no one can yeah. put down. I'm like, what if we I'll did that? With- mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. Feel free. Feel free. No, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say you were about to finish a point. I'd rather hear your point. Oh, I was gonna I say if we can do that as a Christian film, and drive something of that nature where the Holy Spirit is known in this, and it's like it is the Holy Spirit, and we're treating it like that, then all of a sudden you start seeing the Holy Spirit, like we take the attributes that the Bible teaches about who the Holy Spirit is, putting it into the film, and really just showing through the actions. Then all of a sudden you're gonna be like, this film is not so much always about fiction or fictitious but it is so based upon what the reality of the gospel preaches and is doing and how it connects with the human struggling and how god leads us and takes care of us right and so something i was going to bring up it was a christian film i saw i can't remember the name of it and i'm honestly glad i can't but i saw it on netflix and here is the struggle i saw this kid has been in and out of orphanage orphanages his whole life doesn't really trust people he wants to be bad and the first thing he does in a rebellious attempt to rail against the people he's around is that he takes spray paint from a hardware store and he writes on the side of a brick wall he writes blame god (laughs) i just laughed and laughed and (laughs) laughed because and a kid who's been in and out of orphanage home like the orphans homes you know like foster kids and whatever that's that's not necessarily how they act in fact i i'd go as far as to say like that's so that's so pointed at an objective and agenda that i can't even relate to it even if i am a faith-based person because that's how i felt i was literally laughing and at the end of the film he's like he's like upset at himself talking to god he's like i can't even respect your name and then he drops to his knees from the park bench he was sitting on and i lost it again it was like i was watching a live from new york saturday night skit (laughs) it was bad it was like an snl skit like making fun of itself but the thing was it wasn't making fun of it this is seriously a movie that some filmmakers thought would be a good idea 
and it just was horrible. But then you look at people like King Aragorn, who's not necessarily based on Jesus. I know, I know Tolkien likes to leave his characters and his stories, even though they're they're primarily faith-based he likes to keep his stories open-ended and he didn't really like metaphors and symbolism in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but um king aragorn is a perfect example of trials and success because if you look at him he's trying to regain the kingdom that he lost in his family generations ago you want to speak to men talk about generational history you know i Mm -hmm. found out that one of my latest relatives was actually um, potentially Scottish came to America and his trade was weaving. He was a weaver and he became a farmer. To me, that's interesting. I like hearing that stuff. King Aragorn, not to relate it to myself, but he had generations ago where he 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 had his great grandfather had the ring in his possession, wouldn't give it up, ended up kill, getting killed because of it, and Aragorn is trying to reclaim the throne of Gondor as the rightful heir. But before he can do that, we are also introduced to his love story with, uh, I think her name is Erwin, I believe, the, the, the elf. Yeah, the um, elfish lady, yeah, the, I think the, so. The princess of, of the, their kingdom. And so he doesn't get that. He doesn't get the throne because there is a great, great evil sitting in front of him. And until he gets rid of it, until he struggles under pressure wins the battle he will finally get the beauty and he will finally get his kingdom back but only after he has struggled and won i mean that's that that speaks to men everywhere oh absolutely that's like like the heart of a man right there that's how that's literally the dna in which god has given us as men and you know if you look at a story like that and then you look at the story I described earlier, I can't even respect your name and then drops his knees in the park. It's laughable <laughs> at best, yeah. I mean, it's laughable. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't take a genius to know, hey, there's something not working here. Uh, let's work on that, you know? And the, the, the closer we get to, to uh, people that could influence us, like Tolkien or C.S. Lewis... Or, heck, Pete Doctor, you know, uh, again, Inside Out, Up, those movies. Um, until, you know, we get to a place like that, I don't think Christian films are going to get any better. You know, not until someone sees those guys, looks up to them, and tries to shape their story in a way, their stories in a way that actually works for the culture and isn't just a ploy. I think you make a really good point here. Mm-hmm. Well, there's still a lot of stuff we could talk about. We're going to be coming up to about one hour recording. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. If you guys can tell on this on this podcast, there's still a lot to talk about. But it sounds like something we might want to look at doing sometime if we could possibly do it. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think the I think uh, wrapping this up in the next about a minute. What we're looking at mostly is. With these, with the Hollywood, it's it's losing a lot of taste and a lot of touch into reality of what filmmaking is really supposed to be about. But with Christians, I think there's a lot of hope with it. Where yes, we're not there yet. Yes, there is a lot of stuff to be worked on. But at the same time, it looks like uh, Josh, you are on the right track here. Where we can just say, you know, what films are, um, what they should become for uh, to make it so Christ is more well known in the motion picture field. And how to tell a really good story. 
So, uh, Josh, do you have any last-minute comments you want to put on to this show? Um, you know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Um, I am glad that you, that you had me on though, for sure. I've never actually had a chance to, uh, join a podcast. Um, if there are, I guess one thing I would say is that if there are any Christian, uh, people in the film industry who have proof of work and are interested in, in collaborating, uh, just hit us up and, um, I, I'd like to get connected. Alrighty, sounds good. And I will see if I can post some information about Josh and see uh, whoever would like to do it. So, thank you so much for tuning in to Next Generation Saints. I hope you guys tune in next time. Until we talk again, may God virtually bless you all, my dearly beloved.